Welcome back to the show. Howdy, Greg. Thank you for having me back on the show. It's been uh, about a couple months. It has been five, a couple six months. months. Yes, it's been a while. So yeah, a lot has happened. A lot of strange things have happened since we last spoke. <laughs> every week, every month, every year. Yeah, it's it's nonstop, man. So um, yeah, one of the, the biggest things that just happened was the Super Bowl. So I really wanted to get you on to get your two cents on this because I really like the way that you approach um, the symbolism. In the Super Bowl, you know, like as a lot of people jump to like, this is satanic. This is, uh, you know, this is all evil. This is uh, the devil reincarnate. And you know what I mean? And so but I know that there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more nuanced than that. And uh, you you pretty much dive deep into that stuff. So I'd love to have you on just to chat about it. Well, I'm glad that you asked me to come on. I've had a lot of people ask me this year uh, more than any other year, oh. uh, which is. I don't think I have all the answers. I don't think I have the truth, but I try to approach it from a different point of view. I don't think it's just entertainment. And I also don't think it's, as you alluded to, a satanic Illuminati reptilian confirmed ritual. I don't even know what those words mean. I get you. But, but as I always tell people, you know, it's a, it's a, an event where I think this year, 114 million people tuned in. Uh, that's more than last year by about a million and a half. And then that's more than the year before. Uh, it made it the third most watched Super Bowl ever. Wow. Uh, the stream that I had on Greg, uh, they had video feeds from Germany. I think there was Brazil and maybe even Australia. I know Germany for sure, where they were having watch parties for like, like a bunch of Chiefs fans in Brazil, Eagles fans you. in Germany. Isn't that so bizarre? It's, it's becoming it's like a worldwide sport yeah. now, you know? It's very bizarre and, and and specific teams. I wouldn't imagine that there'd be that many Philadelphia Eagles fans in oh, Berlin. Yeah. I can't even <laughs> imagine what, um, you know, the UK Raiders fans look like. Ooh, get out of here. <laughs> right. So the point is, that's a lot of people and all over the world and even the people that don't watch it. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people that listen to it on the radio. Uh, I had at least three people that messaged me who told me they're not going to watch it. But that means they're still thinking about it. They know that it's on. They're making an effort to not watch it. So, yep. I mean, you add, you, add, you factor all that in, Greg, and you're looking at, I don't know, like just a random number, probably at least 150 million people or more are tuning in uh, in some capacity. Yeah. And I've said that people, a lot of people watch the game. A lot of people watch just the commercials. They're not really as good, in my opinion, as they used to be. But when you have a, let's say you have a break in the game and you go in the kitchen to get a snack, right? Or you're talking to your friends at the party subconsciously you're hearing what's in the commercials. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't like the halftime show. So subconsciously you're hearing that while you're, you're hanging out with your friends or family or whatever, or maybe, you know, you don't really like watching the game. You just watch it for those reasons. So you go in the other room when the game's on kind of like I do, and you're still picking that up subconsciously, whatever they're talking about. So it's a platform. It's a, it's a base. It's a foundation to sell everything from products like Pepsi used to sponsor the halftime show. They didn't throw tens of millions of dollars at that just to do it. It made them a lot of money. And Apple sponsored the halftime show this year, as you know. Mm -hmm. So Apple's not throwing money there just to throw money there. They're, they're getting something out of it. And same thing with political ideologies. Those are sold to us as well. The first all-female flyover of the Super Bowl. Uh, the oh, first yeah. uh, dark-skinned Philadelphia Eagles coach in the Super Bowl. You know, uh, The Black uh, National Anthem. The black, that's right. I forgot about that. The black national anthem. That's a good point. And then, of course, the two quarterbacks, the first time two darker skinned. Well, one of them kind of has dark skin. Mahomes does. He's like kind of almost has like a Sicilian look to him, I think. I get you. Uh, so so they, they make it about that. So it's like a social justice thing. It's a political thing. It's selling products. It's big corporations, big government, big uh, sporting, uh, uh, big sporting league, etc. And I kind of think of you know, the owners of the these NFL teams, uh, the commissioner of the NFL, all the billions that go into that, all the billions that, are, that, that billions that are made, uh, the billion dollar corporations like Apple that sponsor it, the millions that are spent on commercials by small and large companies alike. I kind of see it as a kind of uh, a form of a uh, priestly class mm. that takes an opportunity to perform this ritual I mean, you could see it certainly as the bread and circuses of of Rome. You could see it as a gladiator sport. It's a metaphor for warfare, oh, yeah. for sure, right? Yeah. Um, it also reminds me of kind of like Aztec or uh, 
wouldn't say, I don't want to say Mayan in the sense that at Mayan rituals are the same as the Aztecs. The Aztecs did a lot of really terrible stuff. The Mayans, not so much, but you know, the priests basically ruled uh, those civilizations. Like the priests controlled the pharaohs in Egypt, the priests controlled the emperors in China, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the priests made a lot of the decisions and they did that because they had a knowledge of the stars. They knew when you know certain planets would be visible in the sky. They knew when there might be maybe even a, a meteor passing by, a comet. Uh, when the sun might be blacked out with an eclipse and having that knowledge when the average person, even up until the 1950s, the average person around the world was, was illiterate. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that about half the world is, is literate in the 1950s. It's a lot more today, but we're talking hundreds, thousands of years ago. So the priestly yeah. classes, Greg really could get a, a, a stranglehold on the population by understanding certain natural things, you know, the cycles of nature well, yeah, and just imagine imagine turning on the Weather Channel and you look at the right. weatherman as an oracle. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, he's That's a prophet. Right. He's telling me what's going to happen. That's right. And that, that actually kind of feeds into the whole thing of just in general about media, mainstream, social media, any media. Someone's there. I mean, hey, look, we're on video, so we're authorities, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, programming. Right. It's that's right. It's programming. Uh, in fact, I was talking uh, to uh, Chris from Forbidden Knowledge News the other day. Uh, we did a show and we were talking about how Hollywood is the wood of the magician, the, the wood of the Druidic magicians they used to make their wands. Hmm. And they would use that to conjure up storms, you know, gray clouds. And we still call the movie screen the silver screen. And then we broadcast a casting of a an idea, uh, a video, et cetera. We broadcast, it's a big broad net. We cast out to distribute that that content, that entertainment. And then, of course, we I just read a, a review of a movie the other day. I'm a big movie guy. And they were describing this movie as spellbinding. So mm-hmm. it's Hollywood. It's the silver screen. It's broadcasting. It's spellbinding. And that's really what any any event is. That's what a movie is. That's what especially the Grammys or the Super Bowl are. Uh, it's a lot of money, a lot of energy. Money is currency. Energy is attention, consciousness that goes into that. It charges those those symbols, those those ideas. And uh, that is what I use every year, Greg, as kind of an oracle to see what the rest of the year might look like, what, um, you know, what is going to be the trends in, in popular culture uh, from the big corporations and, of course, you know, from the big sporting leagues like the NFL, what direction are they going to head in? Yeah, um, it's kind of an oracle in that way. Yeah. And, and it really kind of I watch the commercials to to see what kind of trend that they're trying to set. You know what I mean? Like what kind Precisely, of trend yes. do they want the culture to go down? Like. Electric vehicles, electric everything, um, you know, renewing all this uh, renewable energy and all this stuff. Um, but there were some strange commercials, you know what I mean? Um, I, and I did want to get your your thoughts on a couple of them. Um, one was, I'm going to share my screen here. One was this uh, Tubi commercial about this rabbit going down the rabbit hole or throwing people <laughs> down the rabbit hole, supposedly. Right? Yeah, during the year of the rabbit. Yes, during the gear of the rabbit, grabbing all these people, throwing them down these holes. You know what I mean? Like, get down there. You know, forcing them almost. Pushing right? people into the abyss, into the rabbit holes, Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, what was your takeaway with that symbology? Well, I wrote down a few commercials and I have my kind of infamous Super Bowl notes I write on this yellow paper every year. Heck yeah. I wrote down three commercials really stood out to me that was definitely one of them greg was the Tubi commercial with the rabbits the other one was the squarespace commercial with adam driver because he's talking about the singularity he's talking about how the website can create its own website it can create itself mm-hmm. and he starts to multiply it kind of reminded me of agents in the matrix they just sort of multiply and come out of nowhere and then he also gets sucked into a portal or kind of like a gateway which so- re- that that was the first one I saw, then the Tubi commercial. So I saw Portals, Gateways, Abyss was present in more than one commercial. Go ahead. You know what's strange about Adam Driver is he came up a lot this morning when we did our uh, our morning show, Pardon My American, mm-hmm. and he was in the movie White Noise. Yes, yes. Which just happened to be about this Ohio train derailment that just happened in Ohio. There's this humongous toxic spill of uh, vinyl chloride. They were burning that off. Did you hear anything about this? I did. In fact, my show uh, for the 14th tonight is actually on that, uh, yeah. partly. I mean, I, in fact, really really quick, Greg, that's a that's a great thing to bring up because you're right. Adam Driver was in that movie White Noise. It came out last August the 31st. 
And then just a few months later, where they shot the train derailment in the movie, East Palestine, Ohio, is where this train derailed on the 4th of February. And it wasn't just a train derailment in the movie and in real life. It was toxic chemicals that were spilt, fires. They were worried about explosions, so they evacuated the residents. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. But then also you get other similar parallels that have tied together real life events with movies. And this can take us back to the Super Bowl eventually. It, like, for example, Donnie Darko came out in 2001. And Donnie Darko, famously, this plane engine falls off the plane. It hits, you know, it hits the, the bedroom, right? And then uh, you got we got the rabbits in that as well. But in real life, almost 20 years to the day of that movie being released, uh, January 19th, 2001, a United Airlines plane lost its engine over Colorado and it landed on a neighborhood very much like art and life mimicking each other. Yeah. Um, And I'll give you two more quick examples, really quick examples. Uh, There is the movie Independence Day came out in 1996 within a few months of that movie, which was the first big screen, big blockbuster movie with a UFO the size of a city within a few months from July to March of the next year, you had a a uh, a case in Phoenix, the Phoenix lights with this big object over the city and the same thing with this object shot down over Lake Huron just recently. They described it as an octagon kind of black, but it had strings or something hanging off of it. I don't know about you, Greg, but that kind of reminds me of Jordan Peele's Nope. This UFO in Nope has that in the promotional picture has that string of like flags or banners hanging off of it. Yeah, it's almost like the the, the movies or whatever they whatever movies, TV shows, you know, the events that that happen in real life. Yes, they inspire movies, but then you know, movies inspire events. Events inspire. It goes back and forth. Art mimics reality, well, and so forth. Yeah, not just movies, but. Um trailers for videos i mean you too this actung baby oh, yeah. album oh, that yeah. they're coming out with they had the sphere that you know the chinese spy balloon yeah and that came on when did you see that was that at the end of the game for you did you watch the game live yeah this was uh this was right at the end of the game but it was just very bizarre because you know you see this floating balloon above the city and they actually i think go to a, a quick shot of the balloon there did you see that yeah it's like subliminal almost and then at the end, you get this creepy baby right here in the balloon. The Octoon baby. Which yeah, the, means what? Danger baby or awareness <laughs> or something baby? Well, well, well yeah. So that, that reminded me of two things. That reminded me of the movie uh, Sphere. Have you ever seen that with Dustin Hoffman? Great movie. Yeah, that's not a bad movie. That's a pretty good movie. Uh, that's Michael Creighton. The guy, the guy that did Jurassic Park. Uh, so that is uh, one thing that, that made me think of. The other thing was the... Um, uh, Independence Day 2. Remember mm. Independence Day 2, the sphere was like this collective consciousness of a civilization that was moving through space trying to escape the the harvester aliens from the first movie. Wow, I um, have not seen that. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a really good movie. I'm a big <laughs> I'm an Independence Day fan, but Independence Day 2 kind of sucked. I get you. But it's but but yeah, the sphere, if you just type in Independence Day 2 sphere and you'll see that that was the central uh, idea in that movie as well kind of like the alien that they were communicating with. Um, but you, but that happened. That commercial I noticed was at the end of the 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 game, uh, or toward the end. And I thought it was interesting because over the last it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. you had in Alaska, Canada, over Montana. They didn't shoot anything down there, and then over the Great Lakes, they yep. shot three unidentified objects down. Uh, they don't call them UAPs for some reason. They call them UFOs. They not they're not blaming them on Russia. They're saying that they don't know what they are kind of alluding to the fact they might be alien. They say they haven't ruled that out. And it's weird because it's like our attention was taken from that to the Super Bowl. But then right at the end, there's a reminder that, oh, yeah, by the way, there's there's UFOs flying around. Yeah, we don't officially don't, know what they are. Don't forget about me. You know, the flying balloon. It's it's almost like it's kind of part of the the ritual aspect of this. But if you want to go harder into the Super Bowl stuff, we can definitely do that for time's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Um, so. The biggest the biggest thing was the halftime um, show with Rihanna, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what what was your kind of takeaway with that? Because right off the bat, like there's numerology tied to this. So she had like a 13 minute set. She had to have it 13, you know, it was a big like everybody's saying that's oh, it's Illuminati 13. Um, it happened on February 12th, which was the 43rd day of the year. Rihanna's 34, so there was a lot of mirrors in the uh, the halftime show, so mm-hmm. 34 and, and 43 are mirrored one another. 
Um, one big thing that I saw was 322 days remaining in the year after February 12th. And that oh, skull and bones is the skull and bones insignia. Um, a lot of things happened on February 12th. Tom Brady officially retired for good and he's known as the goat. So there's a lot of goat symbology there. Um, and it was reported, check this out over in Turkey with that devastating earthquake. Mm -hmm. It was reported that the death toll climbed up to 33,000 people mm -hmm. on February 12th. So people were thinking a lot of numerology, a lot of uh, symbology with numbers here, but what's your take? I didn't look too much into that. I've heard most of these things. I didn't hear about the earthquake numbers. Uh, I'll add one thing to that, though, and that is the 57 is 5712, so you get 12 again with 57. For people that are interested in the numerolo numerological aspect of it, uh, the game itself was technically like if you're from Glendale, you'd say I'm not from Phoenix. I'm from Glendale, Arizona. I'm just south of of Glendale myself here in Arizona. Uh, so it was technically in Glendale, but you know, for for most people, they think just Phoenix because it's the greater Phoenix area. Gotcha. So te technically, it's Glendale, but the point is, since it's kind of in Phoenix, it's the greater Phoenix area. You get the idea of the Phoenix bird rising from the ashes. Yep. And of course. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, the eagle, a lot of people think is the symbol of the United States. A lot of, I'd call them crazy people on the progressive left, call it a Nazi symbol, which is ridiculous. But, oh, yeah. But the, the eagle is not necessarily the symbol of the United States. If you go back to the founding days of this country, uh, and mainly Palmer Hall, one of my favorite authors, talks about this a lot in his books, The Secret Destiny of America, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. The original bird was first offered up by Benjamin Franklin, who said Turkey, but the eagle idea came mm -hmm. about from the Phoenix. The eagle is actually the Phoenix rising forth from the ashes, uh, a new empire, a new country coming forth out of the ashes of the old world, which is what the U.S., the United States of America really is. Yeah, absolutely. So our eagle is basically a Phoenix. So you have that. Um, I didn't talk too much about the Chiefs, but my friend Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero, we did our annual show together last night and he talked about the secret chiefs uh doing war with the eagles or with the with i guess with america but the secret chiefs are basically what madame blavatsky talked about uh being the the masters the great brotherhood the sages the the, the rishis etc mm. and she and a lot of other occult authors greg do talk about this is fascinating they do talk about how the these gods or these demigods that pass knowledge on like Veracocha or Quetzalcoatl or Osiris, et cetera, you name it, they fly around in little tiny flying machines. So you get the secret chiefs, you get the flying machines with the U2 commercial and you know before the game and after, uh, and then you get the, the eagle. So you have that element of it. Uh, but I focus more so on the, I think what was really missed at the halftime show. If you want me to go into that, uh, I'll try to break that down as best as I can. Yeah, absolutely. But just before you do, um, as far as like this, this theme of the resurrection, like the Phoenix that you mentioned, right? Yes. Yes. Um, just real quick, Damar Hamlin wearing this, the mocking Jesus. Everybody says that it's mocking Jesus jacket. Glad you brought that up. Yes. Uh, it says eternal on the back. And then did you read what it says here on the front? No, you know what? I've not seen the front. So what does that say? It says without end or beginning, there is no day and there is no night. Wow, that I'm going to have to do another show where I talk about that because that sounds, Greg, that sounds really, really familiar. Uh, I'm pretty sure I read something to that effect on the statue of the static Isis, which is present at the halftime show with Rihanna. She actually has an Isis, giant Isis tattooed on her chest, under yes. her breasts. Yes, she does right there. Yep. And so the static Isis, if you were to type in static Isis and look it up, uh, I, the statue of Isis will say, Something to the effect, this is off the top of my head, uh, but I am all that has been, all that is, and all that ever will be. No mortal man hath ever unveiled me or hath me unveiled. Uh, it's kind of the idea of that you cannot look into the eyes of God. Only the resurrected, only the initiates who have gone through the process of living resurrection in the mystery schools of ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, ancient South and Central America, initiates who are reborn out of the temple, out of the womb, in a process of living resurrection, become sons or daughters of God instead of sons or daughters of man. And therefore, they become eternal, realizing their place in the universe. 
And as that happens, then only the immortals can unveil ISIS and know the secrets of nature and the secrets and the mysteries of the universe. So it fits so right into his that's jacket. That's what I'm getting. Yes, Eternal what, on the back. He got the yep. ISIS scripture on the front. I mean, uh, you had Rihanna have the ISIS figurine or the uh, the statue underneath her breasts, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's. Can you send me that? Because I actually don't have that. I don't yes. have a copy of that. Yeah, it's actually Please. on our uh, our Instagram, Pardon My American Podcast, and I will send you the link right after this. Okay, great. And then I'm, glad, one, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's fascinating. No problem. And then there was one last thing is the Queen Elizabeth. So <laughs> she died on the opening day of the NFL season, right? September. I don't know. Was it the opening day? Yeah, Did it was she the, die opening, on the opening yeah, day. Yep, because I remember, because um, I'm a football guy. I, I watch football. and uh, yeah, I'm not, so fill me in. So it was a Thursday night game with the Bengals. Or no, 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 the Bills and the Rams. And she died, and I was wondering if they were going to mention it, cancel the games, or do something like that. But they gave her honorable mention. Um, but... This week, so on February 6th, was the 71st year anniversary. I mean, back here in 1952, she was immediately acceded to the throne. So, like, her ascension to the throne was on February 6th. So, you kind of have this anniversary of her ascension to throne at the beginning of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she ruled. I mean, there was a lot of sevens. She went on a seven-month coronation tour. Uh, she ruled for, what, 70 years or something? Yep, seven decades. Yeah. And Charles is supposed to hold power for seven years before he turns that power over to William. That's what's been speculated, which is what made it's, it makes me and a few other people I know think that William might be the archetype of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. because he, was, he was injured when he was younger, just like the Beast was. Uh, the Red Dragon, which is the coat of arms for King Charles. Uh, that Red Dragon, his coat of arms actually says he he gives the lead, which is what Revelation says. Revelation says the Red Dragon gives the beast his power. And Prince William, if he is, I don't think he's the Antichrist. I'm saying that they're using these archetypes to fulfill a, a self-fulfilling, self-established prophecy, yep. I think, to really force people to give up hope in anything spiritual or anything divine. So that seven-year time frame, 2023 to 2030, which is a really important date for techno, uh, let's call them technocrats, uh, the singularity, merging man and machine, cutting carbon emissions, et cetera. It's a really significant period of time, maybe the seven years of tribulation. Uh, and when you know the Antichrist doesn't get defeated by Jesus, people, people lose faith. I think it's all happening subconsciously up in the mind somewhere. It's not you all. You know, it's physical, interesting. But is I've, I've heard that the the tribulation would actually be cut in half. So it's supposed to be seven years, right? The tribulation is a seven-year period. But it, right. a lot of people say that it's three and a half years. Yes, it's cut in half. That's right. And exactly three and a half years from Joe Biden's inauguration date. Do you know when that lands? On, from, when, from when he was inaugurated. I, I don't know the exact date. What would it be? 2024? July 4th, Independence Day. <laughs> oh, man. You're so. finding some really good stuff. I'm just saying, man, I don't oh, know. Some good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll find out. But well, he's OK. So he's we can transition this into the halftime show. So he so you have the queen died. You have a pope that died mm -hmm. and you have a president who's basically dead. I mean, I don't know if he's even really completely yeah. alive. Yeah, he's <laughs> I, I see that as having and I'm not a Christian for the record. I just I've studied the Bible like a lot of religious texts. And I think that they are following uh, very powerful people. It's called the priestly classic, and they are following scripture because a lot of people follow scripture and they're trying to use it to create these this idea of the the end times of the eschaton of apocalypse, et cetera, which is going to become evident with the with the stuff we're going to talk about with the halftime show in a moment. So you got the queen, you got a pope, and you got a president, and those really are the three major pillars of power. You got Washington D.C. the military, right? Mm -hmm. You got London the financial, and you got the Vatican, which is the, the spiritual. Yeah. Now they've merged all these these religions together, the the one world religious center, if you've not seen that yet, right? And I think that's in Abu Dhabi. Oh boy, uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Type in one world religious center, uh Abrahamic or Hebraic or something like that, and you'll pull it up. And I think that either opens this year or it opened at the end of last year, but it merges uh Muslims, Christians, and Jews together into this one oh, religion, yeah. basically. 
So here's what I'm finding is Abrahamic house or family house in Abu Dhabi to open in yep. 2022. Yeah. So this so, thing's already open then? Yeah. So I guess I, I thought it was either late 2022 wow, or early look 2023. At look at that. But yes. So if you type in, for example, if you were to look up uh, the book of Daniel, this is why I, I prefaced with I'm not a Christian, but I want to reference the Bible. The book of Daniel says that when this little horn, the Antichrist, comes to power, there will be three horns that are plucked from the earth before he can take power. I interpret that as being, well, Washington, London, and the Vatican, a queen, a pope, and a president, and basically undermining the foundation of spirituality, of the economy, of the world, you know, building back better, the Great Reset, and undermining the, 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 the superpower of the world, the United States, which has, from its very beginning, you know, there have been terrible people and good people, and uh, we've created something in, in America that has never been seen before in history, a, a, a place of opportunity for everybody, uh, where we've become some of the most wealthiest and successful people in the history of the world, relatively speaking. There's a lot more to that. Uh, but the idea here is plucking those three horns and replacing them with this tiny horn. That takes you to Revelation, uh, the beast giving given his power by the dragon. And this actually takes us to the halftime show, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. So, So it's... It, so we could start just simply with how most people see the performance of Rihanna and they see she's in red. So yep. it must be satanic or demonic. Mm -hmm. um, Not only we, that, but she's doing the whole um, Illuminati thing here. Uh, I have it on camera. We got this. Oops, I'll just uh, mute that. But as you can see, she's doing the whatever Illuminati hand signal. You know what I mean? The, uh, the diamond in the sky. Yeah, they called a diamond. Uh, Demar Ham. If you look that up, Demar Hamlin did the same thing when he came oh, back yeah. for the the playoff game the Bills had. Yep. Um, I don't see personally. I don't put too much emphasis on that. I think that's more of a sign that they're in the entertainment cult. I call it. Yeah. Um, I don't call it the Illuminati per se, but that whole idea, you know, that hand sign, whether it's a triangle, whether it's a dot. Now people are going to say I'm doing it. Triangle, a diamond, whatever well, it is. Well, Diamond Dallas Page did it back in the uh, WWE, you know? People have been doing this for years. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the thing about that that makes no sense is that when DeMar Hamlin did it at the playoff game, they said, oh, that's a heart. Yeah. I thought, that doesn't, that does, no, this is a heart. Exactly. <laughs> you put the pinkies but, together, you know, and you got to curl it. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's look at it this way. I'm going to try to break this down as quickly as possible. I'm going to try not to speak fast. There's a lot to break down here. This is my analysis that I did on the secret teachings. Uh, back in late January, just a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, there was a statue of Ruth Bader Ginsburg unveiled in New York, the Supreme Court building. It's mm -hmm. placed next to Moses and Zoroaster and some other lawgivers. They tried to associate her with lawgivers, even though she's a law interpreter. Now, the statue, she doesn't actually have arms. She has these Lovecraftian tentacles that come out, if you want to look that up. Yes. And she, she has these almost like ram's horns on her head. Now, the same statue is actually across the street. The same artist did a similar uh, statue for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They basically just copied this other statue they had put up across the street uh, in a park, which had to do with women's rights and the Me Too movement and all that. And that statue actually has a word written on it that means Eve. So they're calling on it would seem there's the universal mother, the goddess, feminine energy and, and the feminine essence, et cetera. But what's disturbing about it is they deform the female, as you can see in that picture there that Greg has up. Mm -hmm. They give her these tentacle arms. They distort her head. So she's kind of like a horned god or horned goddess, which is always a symbol of sexuality and, and fertility and ecstasy, uh, like the goddess Katesh. And she's standing on a lotus flower. Now, that lotus flower is a symbol of the spirit conquering matter but the statue officially this is not my opinion i'm a circumstantialist when it comes to abortion for the most part that statue literally represents abortion which mm -hmm. is the conquering of spirit by matter so they're pulling and calling and drawing on the energy of the feminine and that other statue has eve written on it on the on the energy of eve the universal mother universal goddess whatever you want to call her the universal feminine but then they're inverting it and they're using sex and sexuality as a sacrament almost and suggesting that abortion is almost like a sacrifice, part of the sacrament to the opposite of the divine mother or the universal mother, the goddess. And that universal goddess or universal mother inverted, uh, the Jews have a story for her. They call her Lilith or Lameshta. She's known as the mother of beasts, the mother of abortion, 
the mother of uh, wet dreams, let's call it. She hunts down and uh, tortures men. She's a succubus and she literally consumes babies or uh, mutilates them and, and, and kills them. Well, you know, what's weird is Madonna's hair kind of resembled this yep. statue at the uh, the Grammys too, right? You're right, Greg, and that's where I'm going next. So that's the next week after the statue in New York, Madonna at the Grammys. You got this cartoonish performance of Sam Smith and Kim Petras. You know, it's red and devil horns. It's cartoonish for two two reasons. One, it's laughable, but two, uh, Sam Smith and Kim Petras are like non-binary and trans. Yeah. So it has this weird transvestite LGBTQ thing going on, and it's very cartoonish and devilish. And the reason I say it's there, there are two cartoonish elements to it is not it's not just because it's kind of laughable, but because there's the Powerpuff Girls TV show in the 90s where they represented the devil as being a transvestite. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And they called the devil him, his infernal majesty. If you type in him, Powerpuff Girls, they the, the devil was depicted in the 90s, just one example of many, as being a transvestite, confused about his sex. And he hunted down and, you know, he was oh one boy. of the major villains of the Powerpuff Girls, these little these little young girls. Oh, boy. So this this little creature. Yep. So he's got a, got got this uh, frilly kind of lacy, puffy stuff. He's got these like like a uh, female on women's boots on. Yeah, but he's got a he's got the goatee mustache kind of thing going on or the goatee, not the mustache. Lobster and claws. He, He's got lobster claws. So he's an abomination. He's a mixture of human and animal, male and female. He's androgynous. He's kind of confused about his sex. This, I mean, this is per personally, this is scarier than Sam, Sam and Kim, in my opinion, because yeah. there's, there's, there's deeper meaning there. The Sam Kim thing is just like some social justice thing. It, it, it to me, it has very little meaning or purpose, but the purpose that is there, I find not in the cartoonish devil. It's in the magic circle. They actually put mm. Sam Smith inside of a magic circle. So the circle is there. It protects the conjurer or the invocator from what's on the outside, or more often than not, you conjure the spirit inside of the circle so that it can't harm anything on the outside. So Sam Smith basically played a vessel for whatever it was that was being sang about and drawn onto or into that circle at the Grammys. There and the is. song... And there's the circle. And they've used that at the Super Bowl over and over and over and over and over and over again. You can find Lady Gaga playing the piano in it and uh, a bunch of other performances. Same exact white circle, not even a different color. It's the same white circle. Now, is that on purpose to mimic the salt to draw the well, circle for salt. witchcraft or something? Or Yeah, I mean, salt is usually used. You could I mean, you could technically use tape. You could draw it in the mind's eye. Uh, salt is, is, is a common thing. You could just paint, you know, depending on how... Um, versatile your your spaces but that's yes that's what it represents so from the horns and the medusa gorgon like thing going on the lovecraft thing going on with the ginsburg statue calling on this inverted feminine energy if you will all the way to the grammys which seem unrelated where you've got madonna as you pointed out with the same hairdo with this plastic looking face mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't help but think this plastic shiny it's face is kind of like the uh, the Bedlam, which is the other mother, the inverted mother from that movie Caroline. Uh, yeah. And and it's almost like very slender manish or very rakish. It's just very unnatural, mm -hmm. very unnatural, which is what they were singing about at the performance. She introduced the Sam Smith, uh, Sam Smith performance. It was something unholy at the body shop. And I can't oh, help yeah. but think, can't help but think, Greg, that the the body shop is where you go to get your trans transitional surgery and drugs. Yeah, I never thought just, about that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's terrifying, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome I mean, to not, not yeah. like a woohoo, but uh, yeah. that's awesome connection. I've never thought about that. It's not just the LGBTQ thing either, because if the American Academy of Pediatrics recently came out and said, if your child is fat, you should get them drugs and surgery by the time they're 12 and 13. Jeez. So they want to drug and chop kids up for being fat, for being confused or not having a good home life. 
And I mean, that's what, whether you agree with abortion or not, that's what most abortions are. It's a baby that they cut the limbs off of, and then they suck it out. And, you know, the body shop is where you put lobster claws on this red devil character. It's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's an abomination of nature. So it's with the Baphomet, with, isn't it not? Yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily see Baphomet as a negative or evil deity, but in essence, yes, it is that it's androgynous and it confuses people because mm -hmm. it's not natural. You don't normally see animals and humans merge together. You don't see, you know, human sexes merge together. It's, we all have a little femininity or a little masculinity, but that's, that's the, the objective balance in nature. If you go the opposite of what you actually are, it's not feminine or masculine. It's a distortion of reality. It's mm -hmm. by all, for all intents and purposes, it's an abomination of nature. Uh, but I don't say that from a Christian perspective. Gotcha. So, so Greg, with all that, you know, taking all that into consideration, I called Madonna because she's trying to stay relevant and trying to maintain this, this young age. I mean, she's really guilty of ageism more so than what she accused the critics of. Um, and she, I called her the black Madonna because Ma is the mother principle. Like Lady Gaga says, Ra Ma Gaga Ga, Ra Ma Gaga Ga, fire, water, child, Trinity. Uh, and then Donna is just another name for Diana. So it's literally Ma Diana, Ma Donna, it's mother goddess. So now what, what is the black Madonna? People say Black Madonna refers to, you know, the African origins of humankind, which is more of a politically correct way to look at it. Uh, I see the Black Madonna more from the historical mythological perspective, and that is you can type in Isis and Horus and you can see a Black Madonna of Isis and Horus, uh, oh, yeah. or you can see, you know, Jesus and his earthly mom. You know, it's the, you know, Mary Madonna. It's basically the there are two sides to everything, dark and light. Uh, and that black Madonna represents, think about it like the black veil of Isis. Isis goes and searches for her husband, Osiris, when he is uh, kidnapped and chopped into pieces, actually, like, you know, like the body shop yep. by his brother, Seth, uh, sometimes associated with Typhon, who's kind of like a Titan. Um, and then that's actually, they symbolize that today with obelisks, which you can find in Washington, at the Vatican, and in London, the Osiris phallus. Um, so that is the Black Madonna. It's it's basically the alter ego or the alternate personality of the goddess. You need both to have uh, to have balance and co you know a coherent uh, idea present in the goddess image. But so, if you just go one side or the other, then you get imbalance and you get chaos. Is What's it that? is it supposed to be blasphemous to Christianity because it is uh, taking away something about Mother Mary, or is it trying to mimic Mother Mary or something in some way? No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, some Christians might see it that way, but for Christians that have more of an open mind, I, I would say it's the opposite of that. It's showing that we all have a dark side and a light side. It doesn't mean that we're evil and good necessarily, but we all have times of being down, times of being up. We're sad like Isis when she wears the black veil. Sometimes we're happy like Isis when she wears the white veil, which also feeds into marriage and why you wear the white veil and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So so all all of that... I mean, I think all of that's necessary in the lead up to the Super Bowl to understand what the halftime show really was. Uh, Rihanna is, for, I mean, first of all, her name sounds like, uh, it sounds like another name for Ishtar or Isis, Inanna. Inanna is a Sumerian goddess, a mother a deity, if you will, a mother uh, goddess. Uh, Rihanna, Inanna. Uh, Rihanna also sounds like Madonna as well, which yeah. in magic, if you use the same words that sound the same, spell differently, or they rhyme, there's a lot more power to them. So Rihanna is kind of like the black Madonna, not because she has dark skin and not because she was revealing that she's pregnant literally during the performance, which would make her literally a black mother, a black Madonna, mm -hmm. but more so because of what she, what she uh, represented. And I don't think that she did it. I don't think that she designed the performance. I don't think that she organized the halftime show per se. I think she, like Sam Smith, is a vessel to draw down the essence or the energy of something. In witchcraft, and I mean in more pagan Wiccanism witchcraft, not the, the darker stuff, uh, they have a ceremony called drawing down the moon. If you type that in, Greg, I don't know if you've never heard of that, you type that in, you should be able to find something pretty easily on it. Mm. Uh, drawing down the moon is where the coven gets together, and the woman that leads the coven with her male partner, because you have to have balance, they draw down the power of the moon or Luna, the goddess, 
into the woman who is running the coven. She embodies the goddess. And I think we've seen that with Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl, for example. You've seen that with Beyonce at the Super Bowl. A lot of women at the Super Bowl that embody that goddess archetype. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not finding like a real accurate pictures here. I'm finding a lot of uh, cartoons and whatnot, but... There's a book written on it, I think. Uh, I think it's just called Drawing Down the Moon or Drawing okay. on the Moon. Yeah, Mother um, Goddess, lend me down your light. Give me yes. your power on this faithful night. Okay. Yes. Yep, yep, exactly. That's exactly it. So I think that's that's more so what we're dealing with. So I'm not accusing Rihanna of any of the following things I'm about to observe. I'm simply saying she's playing a part. She's a vessel and and so on and so forth. So really quickly, the symbol that I thought made the most uh, sense, the thing that a lot of people missed was when the shot opens up at the halftime show and you see the suspended platforms there are seven. They don't show you that till the till another shot. At first, you see five platforms. You see a platform in the middle where Rihanna is, and then you see a platform on the left and right, mm -hmm. a little bit lower, and then you see a platform underneath of that, a little bit lower. That kinda symbol like, kind of looks like this a little bit. Yes. Now, I wouldn't call it a pyramid. I would call it a ziggurat. Okay. But it. But what you're looking at there, if you can transition, if you type in um, I Ching, I C H I N G, I Ching. Uh, Gon or Gin, like G-O-N or G-E-N. Okay. You'll see that symbol is, in my opinion, what they were replicating at the halftime show, or one, perhaps one of the things, but to me, one of the most um, obvious things. Mm. You see that? It looks... Yeah, I-C-H-I-N-G-G-O-N. I yeah, or type in uh, the uh, eight trigrams. Type in eight trigrams, T-R-I-G-R-A-M-S. And you, you should see all of them. Okay. You put that on the screen, I'll, I'll point out which one it is. All right, here we so go. The, and while you're looking at this, the eight trigrams are uh, the eight oracle symbols of the I Ching. They represent air, water, fire, earth, or breath, sea, uh, thunder, and lightning, which is like fire, and then the earth is the mountain. So if you look there, it is the bottom left, thunder and spirit. Mm. So you see the platform at the top and then the two bars on the left and right. Now, if... If I had seen that and just started started to read a little bit about what that symbol represents and didn't think, you know, I didn't didn't think I found anything interesting, I would just pass it up. But what I found in reading about that symbol to me was was fascinating. This is going to tie the whole show together really quick. Uh, that those eight trigrams that you showed the the different elements and then their associated characteristics are called, and this is a name you can type in, Ba Gu B A G U A. It means eight oracle symbols. Those eight trigrams are used as oracles to decipher the, the, the present and the future. Some even say the past. And the word gu, G-U-A, is hmm. a, this is not my opinion. This is from a symbol book. Gu is a dragon spirit that bestows powers, just like that red dragon given the beast his powers in Revelation. So, that particular symbol, the gin or the gone, with the two bars on each side underneath the main bar, back to that first shot from, yes, from the halftime show, mm -hmm. it represents three things. I'm going to read you this directly from a book on the I Ching. Letting go of the obsolete, an ability to disengage, and focusing or refocusing on new beginnings. Now, there's another symbol in the I Ching, hexagram 23. You should be able to find that a little easier. Yes, I actually have that right here. Okay, so it's basically the same symbol. It just has more lines, so it has more uh, interpretation. But that symbol represents, and it's actually called, the cleansing or the purifying. Uh, they call it Bo. Uh, one of the I Ching books I have, for example says this, and this is a direct quote from the book. I'm not making this up or leading this, leading you to, 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 uh, to think something. It says, this symbol, the hexagram 23, is a recapitulation, which is a reinstating, of hexagram 4 and the apocalypse. So it's a symbol of the apocalypse. Now, hexagram 4, as a little side note, is a hexagram. It's the fourth one. Uh, you know, there's, we're at 23. This is the fourth one, if you go back. Mm -hmm. Hexagram 4 is called the child. Rihanna's pregnant with child. It's called the revelation and it's called the veil, like the veil of Isis, the black veil, the white veil, the revelation, you know, the beast, the dragon, and then the child, the child would 
perhaps be the Antichrist. So you have the Gin or the Gon, and then you have hexagram 23, hexagram number four. You're getting the child, you're getting revelation, you're getting the veil, and you're getting the cleansing, the purifying, something that's being restarted, which brings us back again to the Phoenix. Yeah. And of course, you know, the Phoenix is resurrecting out of the ashes. So I have a few more things, but if you want to comment on that, I'd love to hear what your interpretation is. Yeah, no, it's just uh, the the whole thing about being born, you know, the rebirth, the uh, birthing in general. I mean, being pregnant, I mean, it's just it's so much you're bringing the abstract into reality at that point. And the, the thing that I found um, very, very insane with this, not insane in a, in a bad way, but just the connection was insane was I listened to your show last night with uh, Clyde Lewis and you did mention this I Ching or is it I Ching 23? Uh, I Ching. Yeah, we call it I Ching 23, but I think they technically call it hexagram 23 of the I Ching. Gotcha. I found this, uh, this kind of interpretation of the, the actual um, symbol and it says splitting apart and reality appears to be a hall of mirrors, and the halftime yep. was just filled with mirrors, right? That's right. Um, it is a time of illusion, disintegration, distrust, and deception. When you find yourself trapped in a hall of mirrors, it becomes necessary to retrace your steps. Uh, the the platforms uh, formed into a shape of you know stairways, so steps in the stairway, St- stairway to heaven, stairway to hell. And then a period of revival that follows the period of disintegration as surely as dawn follows the night. Now, that just reminded me of Lamar Jackson or Lamar um, Hamlin's jacket. You know, the dawn and the night and there is no night without the day. You know what I mean? And that brings us back to the the black Isis or the black Madonna. And that take and you and I actually have what you just read. there kind of written down here on my notes. You're exactly right. It's the splitting apart, the hall of mirrors. And since we're talking about the the dark side of the goddess here, where it's re- really weird, I just opened up, uh, I have an encyclopedia of witchcraft, and I just opened it up, and I was looking for Black Madonna, just looking for a reference point. And I know a lot about Kali, the, the Hindu goddess, but I did not know that her symbol, I just learned this this weekend, her symbol, the Black goddess of chaos, she's not totally a goddess of chaos, but the Black goddess of chaos is the symbol of a mirror. Mm. And as you pointed out, yes, the mirrors are legion. They are the platforms and there are seven of them. And those mirrors do something else. They also reflect back what is above. So what is above is being reflected down to earth. That's being reflected back. If we're reflecting back the grace from the divine or the dew that the alchemists collect from heaven uh, that forms overnight on the ground, if we reject that, we're rejecting divinity. So it's almost like a rejection of divinity. It is putting Rihanna, the black Madonna, mm-hmm. at the top of that ziggurat on the stairway to heaven. Then they invert it. So she is at the bottom of that ziggurat. Yep. And in both cases, you have the upward ziggurat, which is phallic or fire. You have the inverted, which is the womb or water. When you combine them together, you get the seal of Solomon. You get a coming together of all of the elements. So in bringing together all of the elements and in wearing the ritualistic garb, it's not just the lady in red, the scarlet woman, which is you know Lilith or Lameshta. She's pregnant, the black Madonna. Isis is always seen as the apex of the pyramid, which is where they have Rihanna standing. You put all that together and you get this. This is really fascinating from Revelation. Revelation uh, 17.4. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. Now, I'm going to make this interpretation. And again, I'm not calling Rihanna these things, but it's what she embodies. She's a royal icon. Royalty is always symbolized by purple. She holds a golden cup of wealth and fame in her hands. She grabs her private areas on stage multiple times. I'm sure you noticed that. Yep. Okay. And her microphone is like decked out in kind of like diamonds, right? Or it's glittering like the little diamonds on her. She has some diamond uh, pendants on her clothing. Mm-hmm. She actually sings that song about diamonds at the end, yep. uh, which is, you know, the diamond again. And what she holds in her hand, I just came to this interpretation on my show uh, last night. What She puts her hand several times on her butt or near her crotch. Now that would be, you know, basically the womb area, right? The vaginal area, the womb area. 
Well, so and this, just to just to stop you real quick, that that yes. you're not uh, making stuff up because I've seen articles that were making fun of her for doing that, like where she's like yes. itching yes. herself and then sniffing her hand. Yes, that I mean, this is the abomination uh, and the abominable things that the Scarlet Woman is accused of in Revelation. This is what I think she embodies. And when she puts her hand down there and, you know, yes, smelling it, I noticed that yeah. when she's doing when she's doing those things, she has a child in her womb. She's really actually pregnant. So it kind of suggests that what she's holding in her hand, like Revelation says, she holds the golden cup, which is the womb, you know, the sangrail, the holy blood, uh, the place where new life comes into the world, the sacred feminine. But they're inverting all that. So the golden cup in her hand is filled with abominable things, Revelation says. It's the filth of her adulteries. So she has a child, perhaps a product of abomination. I'm not saying Rihanna is abominable or her child's the Antichrist, but it's what that image portrays as she dances around like the Scarlet Woman in Revelation as the prostitute of Babylon, the whore of Babylon, yep. or Babylon the Great or the Scarlet Woman. That is what I think she embodies. And I think when you look at Revelation real close, they script this stuff to the T. It's just unless you read those verses, and it, sure, we could find a meaning and a definition for these things anywhere. But based on all the other stuff, that's why we go into the, you know, Madonna and the Grammys and Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue. They're calling on the opposite of Eve and the universal mother. They're calling on the mother of beasts, Lamashtu. They're calling on the uh, goddess Lilith, who targets men and, ch and children. Uh, and just like Medusa turns men to stone, targets men and children and kills them or sucks the life out of them. They're calling on things that are in balance. They're calling on the whore or the harlot. And they're inverting, and and um, I would say uh, they are pillaging everything that is sacred and inverting things in more ways than one to take the sacred, to take the divine, and in the name of femininity, in the name of the divine, sell you this stuff that I think Christians are right. It's abominable, and that's what it's supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent a disconnection and, like those mirrors, a rejection of God and divinity. Yeah, and uh, the apocalypse, right? And the yes, the I Ching twenty three hexagram twenty three hexagram four, and also the gone. It's the child, the veil, the revelation, and the apocalypse, and that's literally yeah. what the I Ching book says, not me. Well, and um, yeah, because that's the first thing that I took away is that I noticed. Okay, she's pregnant. She's dressed in red, uh, and then all of the men or the dancers in white represent. I saw a sperm. You know what I mean? Like I saw a semen and they impregnate the women or the woman. Um, you know, people were saying that it represented um, some sort of pandemic response, but I, I didn't see that. It didn't fit with the whole, uh, you know, actual performance. But um, the whore of Babylon idea is very fascinating because she is supposed to bring about the Antichrist, correct? The whore That's of Babylon. That's correct. Yeah, I don't think her child's the Antichrist. For but, sure. You know, it's For the sure. idea. It's yes. the idea that's embodied there. Yes. You know, which yeah. also, if if I may, real quick, yeah. if you read Revelation, it says in Revelation that she. This is what I interpreted the white dancers to be. The the whore of Babylon leads men like Lilith, the Scarlet Woman, leads men into temptation and into abomination and into fornication. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like these pure white spirits being led by the prostitute of the whore into fornication you know scratch scratch sniff sniff you know the 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 abomination that she represents in the in the whore of babylon leading the innocent to that fornication gotcha yeah that's a good point too um one thing that i was thinking about is uh jack parsons and l ron hubbard they were performing sex magic out in the desert trying to bring about a moon child oh yes with the uh, the whore of babylon and you know he thought that he found the whore of babylon i forget her name but the red-headed woman um when he got back to his place jack parsons um but they were trying to bring about a moon child right yes that's right the moon now, child homunculus etc now this uh <laughs> this whole like sphere and the baby in the sphere in the end does that not look like a moon and a child <laughs> inside of it you got it. You know what I mean? Attention, 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 child, attention. Pay attention to the child in the sphere. Octoon yeah. baby. So that's uh, that was kind of the icing on the cake where I was just like, what in the, what? And you the know, because you, you brought up the, the Hall of Mirrors and you broke down the I Ching 23 there, uh, that 
description of the hexagram 23 is kind of reminiscent of the Pepsi commercials because you had Ben Stiller and Steve Martin and they were, I didn't pay too much close attention to those commercials. I kind of missed them, but they had said something like, uh, you know, as, as actors, you know, Pepsi's good, but you don't know if it's actually good or if we're just acting. So you don't really know what's real. And that's kind of the idea of the hall of mirrors of, of illusion. You don't know if you're, you know, political leaders are real people. If it's, you know, there's a, there's a thing now uh, that even CNN has been reporting on that. We don't know if anything, any news report, video, anything is real. Everything is deep fake. Yep. Everything is a compilation of real faces that create these AI uh, generated or AI controlled. I guess they're AI, AI controlled um, uh, images that look like real people. They create fake news broadcasts, et cetera. And we don't know what's real politics, entertainment. We have no idea. And, and that also also goes back to the DeMar Hamlin thing. Did he die on the field? He's resurrected. Look at this coat he has on. It, and it connects with the saying on the front, as you showed me there, to the Black Goddess, the Black Madonna, Isis. It's, it's all coming from the same place. If this was just all over the place and just random stuff, it, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. But it's not. It's all following a very specific pathway. And when you're, as you you clearly are, Greg, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, when you're aware of a little bit of this stuff, it just starts to flow out. Mm-hmm. You just have to have a little piece of it. And whether you know about the I Ching or whatever your area of specialty is, you know, I could apply my level of knowledge on anything to that halftime show. And 99% of the time, none of it is relevant. But it's the first thing that just appears and that intuition, and I go look it up, and that's the symbol I see. Then it then it starts to make a lot of sense when it connects with all these other things, like with the Black Madonna and the Grammys, et cetera. That's my take anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just a couple last things that I wanted to get your take on. Um, yes. so Rihanna sings the song umbrella, right? Mm, yes. The octagon like shaped, uh, these things that with this with object that was shot down over Lake Huron was shaped like an octagon. They said like, an, right, like umbrella. an umbrella. Yes. Right. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, this reminded me, so this little drawing over here for the, um, I Ching 23. Mm-hmm. So the colors are all red, white, and black, just like the Rihanna Super Bowl dance, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if Rihanna is the red on top of the volcano, is this some sort of sign that a volcano is about to erupt? Because we just had a massive earthquake over in Turkey, splitting the earth. You know what I mean? And now um, I, I heard one of the callers last night saying, at the pinnacle of this moment in Umbrella, fireworks were erupting, right? When she yes, was at the pinnacle yes. of this pyramid. So she was the red on top of the mountain erupting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And it's, I mean, it's, it's also happening in, in a super bowl, which is, a, I call it a super cauldron, which can be used to brew up all kinds of potions and lotions and magical formula. Uh, that's a good observation. I, I'm not in the business of making predictions, but oh yeah, for sure. Perhaps, per, perhaps symbolically though, Greg. I mean, it's not doesn't have to be an actual volcano. It could be uh, the essence of a volcano, an eruption, something exploding, an emergence of something. Maybe more of those UFOs could symbolize. It could mean a lot of things. You know, or again, it could. It, maybe, maybe people are right. Maybe it just has no meaning to it at all. But I, I find, I find that hard to believe when companies otherwise spend tens of billions of dollars to cram their product or their ideology down your throat. Uh, the priestly class isn't going to waste an opportunity to show 200 million people with radio and everything else uh, these kinds of images because th- these mm-hmm. these are the people that have run the world. This is the, this is their language. They've run the world, uh, kings, queens, emperors, you name it, for thousands of years. It's not much different today. Uh, these people just don't have as much power on the surface. So the events like this are opportunities to showcase uh, that knowledge and that that ritual. Uh, um, I call it the ritual or the ceremonial uh, pageantry. I get you. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I'm not in the prediction game either. I just found that that was very interesting. I mean, oh, it's very the, interesting. You're right. <laughs> what are the odds that the camera just pans away and shows explosions right as she's at the pinnacle of that pyramid here? Um, one last thing that I got for you, Ryan. Did you see the uh, Jack's New Angle Doritos commercial where he, everything was a triangle? Yeah, was, the little tiny bell things or what were they called yeah he's just obsessed with triangles because the doritos in the shape of a triangle so we just have triangles all over the place here everybody's playing triangles you know we need more triangles everybody come on more triangles more triangles and then uh 
you know, what, what are your takes on the symbology here? I think it's more of a, it's just split back to the hand gesture. I think it's really just to get people's attention to, in that case, buy the product. I think it's kind of like, um, almost like a shock value type thing. People, I mean, these companies look at Taco Bell, they used like conspiracies at a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's true. And that was, that was one of the big, you know, the big commercials because that's what a lot of people are into. So they know that by doing those things, by doing this, and we need more triangles, people are going to pay attention to that. And, you know, if you want to go full scale conspiratorial, perhaps you have things like that to divert your attention away from more subtle things. It's almost as if it's like, if you were, uh, I don't know what would be a good example here, but it's like if you were looking at something on the computer that you're not supposed to be looking at and you get caught in school or your parents catch you. Oh, yeah. And then the, the next time <laughs> we've all been the there. Next, Come on, Ryan. <laughs> and the next time, you know, you you put your, you know, your laptop down a little bit and, you know, you kind of keep it hidden. You go in the other room, bathroom or whatever. It's almost like maybe that's what's that's what the halftime show is. If it is intended to be ritualistic, it used to be much more obvious, but so many people saw it and turned it into a joke and a mockery that the people that do it seriously, they don't like that. So they may, they, they still do it. They just do it a lot more subtly. So unless you know the subtleties and you really are well-versed on these things or have access to a wealth of information, a library of books, et cetera, or know what to look for, you're going to think, oh, it's just red, just triangles, just the devil, whatever. And that, 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 that can be a, a very um, classical form of misdirection. Yeah. And that's what we all have to kind of be aware of right now is there seems to be a lot of misinformation, misdirection going on. Yes. Yes. Well, as always, but yes, this was awesome, Ryan. So thank you so much for coming back. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you had some time to, to carve out for me and yeah, this is, uh, we'll have to do this again soon. Yeah. I really appreciate that. You've got some really good points here that I, I, I didn't pick up. This is why I like talking to different people that have their head on straight <laughs> like you do. Oh, right not on. many, not, not many people do Greg and, and, and having like the DeMar Hamlin thing on the jacket. I didn't even think to look on the front of the jacket and that's, that could be a whole show in and of itself. So maybe you should come on the secret teachings and we should talk about this soon. Heck yeah. So, I would love it. Yeah. Sound good. All right, man. Well, yeah, I will keep in touch and I'll I'll email you that right after the show. And um, until next time, everybody, thanks for watching. If you like this, leave a comment and we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thanks, Greg. Bye. Bye. Bye.